Hello! Welcome back to 40 Minute Fridays. I'm Mallory. I'm Megan. And this is the podcast where we talk at each other for 40 minutes while Amanda tells us uh, how we're doing. Yeah, how are we doing, Amanda? You're back. 39 minutes and 40 seconds. Great. All right. I don't know how we'll so make it. So much time left. Well, we have some things planned. It's my week to plan, but I'm going to start with attempting to make a Google Hangout call to my niece. I, A, don't know if my brother will answer, and B, don't know how well this audio is going to get picked up. So it will be a fun experiment for everyone. It's Tessa's birthday? It is. It's my niece's birthday. And also, she calls me the pink one. Because mm-hmm. Megan has pink hair. It's pretty cute. We're making weird faces because that's how oh. I answer the phone for my brother. I'm not because I am my own person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's maybe not going to answer. <laughs> that's the sound of Google calling. Yep, that is the sound of Google calling. Well, Google's not answering, so we might have to move yeah. on, and he'll call me back when he's ready. What uh, forms of calling video do you use during quarantine? Let us know. Google, Skype, Zoom, FaceTime? Yeah, I've been using a lot of FaceTime, a lot of Google, a lot of Skype, and a bit of Zoom. And then I'm going to be using a new app next, well, not next weekend, tomorrow, called Spaces, what? which is made by Avaya, which is the company my dad works for, and that's how we're doing Tess's birthday party tomorrow. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let us know how that goes. Yeah, I will. I'll fill you in on how I feel about Spaces and whether or not it's a nice alternative, although not that everyone needs to download more apps to connect with each other. Yeah, although Zoom, I guess, is bad now. Maybe... Zoom isn't bad. We can talk a little bit about Zoom People since we're talking about communicating. But Zoom has publicly available calls, and a lot of people are doing big public presentations via Zoom mm-hmm. where they post the link so that anyone who wants to watch can come watch. Yeah. And the downside to this is that people who you don't necessarily want watching can mm-hmm. come watch. And once you are inside of a Zoom meeting... Zoom security is such that it's easy to hack the feed and take control. Oh. And so then people are screen sharing and showing lewd pictures like- or writing bad things. But if you're doing a private Zoom call mm. and you're not posting the link publicly, it's nothing to worry about. I feel like people are just using Zoom when they want to be using, like, live stream, YouTube Live, mm-hmm. Facebook Live. And I don't understand why they're using Zoom. Yeah. Zoom is for a call with, like, other humans. Yeah, they are doing a lot of using Zoom. Classes are using Zoom because they want the kids to, to be, be able, able to, like, talk mm-hmm. back. But, like, but they it's not a are good. making them public because they need to in order for... Well, they don't necessarily yeah. need to, but no one really understood how it worked. It's all new yeah. technology. It Welcome to weird. the new world. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the new world, the first thing I wanted to talk about today was the fact that Tess is turning four, but we're skipping that for the moment. And I want to talk about the different experiences that you and I are having as far as employment goes during COVID. So you are currently furloughed, which essentially means unemployed. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
your company is <laughs> guaranteeing you a spot when they sort return. Sort of. It's very unclear. Everything about um, everything about this situation is unclear for everyone. But basically, I'm in a position where I like think I'll maybe have a job if everything goes the way it's hoping to go. When that'll happen, who knows? If that'll happen, also maybe it won't. But they weren't like all right, you don't have a job, and I don't have to, like, apply again, I guess is the big difference, is I won't have to, like, apply to get my job back. They'll just let me know when the world goes back to normal what's going on. But it also means that I'm, like, eligible for unemployment because I am unemployed. don't have a job. And so you've been applying for unemployment, and that's just been absolutely easy and glorious, right? (laughs) No, a lot of different, like, states' unemployment websites are really different from each other, but I think that they're all unified in the fact that they're all bad. Florida's has been down. It's down for routine maintenance every evening now mm-hmm. from, like, a certain time to a certain time. It changes, but, like, that used to be the time when the least people were applying, so you could kind of wait until 1 or 2 in the morning and then apply, and it would be a little bit faster because less people would be on, but no. Now they're closed for maintenance at that time every night. So every time is just a bad time. So we ended up just filling out, like, paperwork, like, paper paperwork uh, with pens and mailing them with stamps. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll give you an update. Yeah. I think that employment sites, unemployment sites are just overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. At the moment. They just weren't ready for it. Yeah. Which, like, how could you be? They so. were unprepared. It's like crashing the LeakyCon site. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's it's like a... crashing any site. Mm-hmm. But... It doesn't help that those websites are extremely poorly designed. Like, <laughs> yeah. if we could just have them be a little bit prettier, I think everyone would feel better. <laughs> Let's get on that. Yeah. You need an aesthetically designed website, so at least when people can't get through, they mm-hmm. have something nice to look at. Yeah, for sure. I am on, I would say, the opposite side of the spectrum in that I am currently still employed at the same job I had before coronavirus started, but I am working from home, and it's very strange for me. Uh, I was, a while ago, unemployed when all of my friends were employed, and that was a strange feeling, but was somehow uh, easier to handle than this. This has been a little bit stressful for me personally. Being home is strange because it makes the time I work kind of fluid in a different way because I'm not necessarily focused the whole time because there are other distracting things, but I also am sometimes doing work outside of regular work hours because it's on my computer and I happen to be checking email Mm -hmm. and I see something and respond to it. Or like lose track of time and then it's Mm -hmm. eight o'clock and you're like, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I'm not leaving or going anywhere or moving anywhere. The other thing that is strange for me personally is that when we all used to work, we would come home from work and we would do other things and sometimes that was watching movies which we're still currently doing but sometimes it was like doing other work like home productivity mm-hmm. and now Megan and Amanda do a lot of home productivity during the day mm-hmm. when I'm working which is great and they're doing a wonderful job but it means that when I'm done with work we're ready to have a good time mm-hmm. and it makes me feel wildly unproductive, which is silly 
because all the work I things. am working at mm-hmm. work, but because I used to, like, because everything used to be pretty different, and also because I have this vision in my mind, because I'm home, seeing Megan Amanda do amazing and beautiful things, and I think, wow... Yeah, Look I think, at how unproductive I'm being. I think it's just that you're seeing it, because I do this much cleaning all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing a different amount of cleaning. Um, I also think we rearranged Mallory's room recently, which if you, like, know Mallory personally or watch her vlog, you probably know. But it is clean and looks clean in a different way than it did in the old setup, and also there hasn't been a lot of time for her desk to pile up with the normal mountain of things that eventually happen and I feel like that's your main like house cleaning MO is to clean like your room Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean it's definitely different it means that I feel like I have to clean even more because not because of the virus but because like we're in the house all the time so if it's dirty I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I have to sit in it. Yeah. And there's cleaning. And also things besides cleaning. Like, other productivity things. Because Megan and Amanda are treating the time that I'm at work as, like, a time to do tasks and do things. And some of it is, like, cleaning up around the house. But some of it is, like, Meg applying for a bunch of grants. Or, like, Amanda designing a 3D printing thing. I think- or things like that. Like, other productivity <laughs> projects. Yeah. That normally... I would be doing after work, and I just haven't been because it's a a weird, like, middle-of-the-road thing where we're all together in a completely different way after work. And it's really, really nice sometimes because we can all get together and hang out and feel like we can relax together and just have a good time, but it's also been strange for me. It's interesting that that's Mallory's perception because yesterday we watched three episodes of Game of Thrones and did nothing else. <laughs> That's not 100% true in that we, like, got some stuff sorted out for my mom. And Thursday is the day we washed the sheets. But, like, it's been the day we washed the sheets since before quarantine. So that didn't feel new. And I did nothing. Like, I put the <laughs> sheets in the in the washer. That's the thing I did. Um, and Mallory did, like, a ton of work for work, work, getting people's houses, being essential. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. I think also a big problem is that the types of productive things that you and that I enjoy doing are planning events, Mm -hmm. and that is completely not a thing right now. now. Um, So we definitely, we're going to have more board meetings for our theater company, like, more regularly than previously, and we've been doing, like, community building events, but planning events is what we enjoy Doing it is normally what you would be, like, coordinating mm-hmm. as a productive project. And that's just, just hard to do right now. But, you know, you have some on your docket to, like, figure out. Yeah, I've got some meetings planned and things like that. It's just been interesting to me to, like, look at that shift in perspective mm-hmm. and think about yeah. how... Like, and also recognize that I do know on some level I'm being productive, but for whatever reason, work doesn't seem like productivity. Yeah. It should be noted that Mallory's doing, like, all the things you should do when you work from home. Like, she made a desk space for herself. There's a very clear, like, delineation between where she's working and where we're chillaxing, usually. I mean, there was one day where she worked from home in pajamas on the couch all day. Um, 
So that day probably felt like a wash. But most <laughs> of the time you sit at, like, yeah. the desk or the or at the dining room table. So it, it's still, like, work. It's not specifically, like, it. no one at Mallory. She's doing what she's supposed to do. This is just <laughs> the vibe. I've noticed that I've been closing the door because you're at work and I don't want to put in headphones. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's really interesting, that I'm like, you don't need to hear my Animal Crossing music. Um, but that means that, like, I won't realize that it's 5.30 and that you've been off work technically. And I'll be like, why didn't you come hang out with me? Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, the door is closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we need like a like a um, school bell to chime <laughs> when it's lunch, yes. like at, at, when it's we lunch, really and also when lunch, lunch is over, too. and also when work is over for the day. Yeah, You're I right. wonder if you our fancy security system can <laughs> set a set a bell, bell chime to ring at our phones and from the uh, little tablet. We'll have to look into that. <laughs> All right, what's next? So that's a COVID update. So the (laughs) next thing that I had suggested is something inspired from uh, what we did last night. And I'm going to call this segment Rewrite the World. Oh. Uh, And it is us deciding to change something in a media that we consumed. Mm. And so this time I specifically want to talk about the live-action Aladdin film. Great. Which we watched last night. And we are going to address... Speechless, the solo song that Jasmine has. And I don't necessarily think that we need to rewrite the song because I don't have that capability, but I would like to discuss what we would change about specifically the second version of that Mm -hmm. song and also what we would change about the song itself, what we would change about where it takes place Mm -hmm. in the film and what we could change about how it is staged or shot it's a film. How it's shot yeah. in the film. Uh, for context, if you haven't seen the live-action Aladdin film, Jasmine is given a solo song called Speechless. The, the lyrics are things like, I won't be quiet. I won't stand silent. I won't be speechless. And it is her song about how she will no longer be quiet on the sidelines. <laughs> She's going to be loud, and people are going to hear her and listen. And she performs a prelude of yeah. the song. It's hard to isolate, like, that song and the uh, way that that scene is shot from, like, Jasmine's character in that film, especially because she does a prelude of it. So it's supposed to be this, like, overarching uh, thought that she's having. I think mm-hmm. that that's the first thing that's weird about the song itself is that it has a prelude where she talks about not being speechless. So then her saying stuff like, I won't be quiet anymore, like, this is how I'm going to be now. It's like, well, you were like this at the beginning of the movie because you've sung this song already. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I like there being a prelude, I think that just, like, the uh, the character of Jasmine is never speechless in the whole film. Like, that's not something that she's shown on screen struggling with. Uh, and that's, like, I think what this song has gotten a lot of criticism for anyway is the fact that, like, she's not ever that type of character. And so you would need to give the movie more of a Jasmine focus so that you can observe an internal conflict about what happens when she doesn't speak up and what happens when she does. We don't 
give Jasmine enough screen time to see a time when she doesn't speak up and it go badly and then a time when she does and it go well. Like, that, it's it's called Aladdin. It's not <laughs> called Jasmine. Uh, Although I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Just so, in case anyone is uh, sitting out there thinking. I want to make that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that it could be completely solved from that area by taking out the uh, sort of present tense in which Speechless is done and talking about uh, her always having been someone who had spoken her mind and she could never be speechless. She won't ever be. She won't do what you tell her to, which is sort of the vibe of the song. I think it just needs some tiny tweaks. It's, it's definitely the vibe of the song, but it's not the lyrics of the song um, isolated from your previous knowledge of Jasmine. So I think you just need to like tweak them so that they're not clashing as much. And then we can talk about <laughs> uh, yeah, how it's so, shot. Lyrics for me for a second. I agree with everything that Megan has said. I would also, especially in the full version of the song, which is the staging we're going to talk about, change the lyrics a little bit to rather than being her not being speechless, to be about that the world needs to change. Because a big thing for Jasmine in this film is just because it's always been done this way doesn't mean it should always be done this Mm -hmm. way. It is okay for things to change. It is okay for the world to evolve. In fact, the world should evolve. You should start thinking about different options. Everyone should look at a bigger picture. And her father literally says to her at one point, it's been done this way for thousands of years. Yeah. And, like, that's what she rallies against is this idea that just because it's been done that way for thousands of years, it should continue. And, in fact, the speech that she gives right after the speechless song is to a guard who earlier just said, I'm loyal to the sultan because that's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. The guards are loyal to the law. And she gives a speech that convinces him that he shouldn't be loyal to the law. He should be loyal to the people who care about him. Mm-hmm. And that's what she drives at. And I wish that the song reflected that instead. So would you change the song entirely and have it be a different you know, set of lyrics, a different chorus? Or would you make some minor tweaks to just make that the vibe of the verses? I might change the song entirely. Mm-hmm. I might keep the prelude of Speechless, that little bit Mm -hmm. that is earlier in the film, but I would probably change the entirety of the main number. I disagree and just think that, like, tweaking the verses would be enough and also that, like, tweaking how it happens in the story would be really important. So, like, what happens in this scene is that Jasmine's escorted out after Jafar is... uh, Spoilers for Aladdin becomes Sultan through a genie wish. Uh, And so he's Sultan now, so he makes all of the people who used to be in control go away. And they're like, take Princess Jasmine to her room. And some guards that, you know, were loyal to her a second ago are now taking her to her room. Except they're not taking her to her room because they take her to this balcony that definitely goes nowhere. (laughs) And then they dissolve, and the song uh, begins before they dissolve, but she begins singing. uh, And they dissolve. Thanos style. Yeah, like Thanos snap style. (laughs) So, yeah, they they dissolve, and she has essentially like a dream 
sequence where she opens up the doors and everything inside of the royal chamber also dissolves and she pulls down some banners that I think are supposed to be significant. I don't know why. And then it sort of pushes her back to where she was with the guards, but instead of them being dissolved when the song is done, she just yells at, like, that lead guard, and what Mallory said happens where she, like, gives this speech. Uh, I think the prelude happens in her room or, like, on her way to her room after she's been told by Jafar to, like, be quiet and look pretty. And I don't see a reason that that couldn't be exactly what happened again, except this time she makes the decision to, like, storm out and go confront him instead of sadly singing the song and it ending. She sings it sad and then it builds and she's storming back into the room and yelling at him. I'd do that rather than the weird, like, dissolve music video. She's singing this in her headspace and it's not really happening thing because none of the other songs in this freaking movie do that. Yeah. And so it's really jarring. Every single other one is diegetic. Every single mm-hmm. other song. Like, most of the songs are diegetic in that it's almost assumed that the characters are actually singing them. You could make the argument that they're probably not singing them, but the events that are happening, this isn't a mu- this isn't a stop and sing musical the way many songs in musicals are. The only one that is a stop and sing is Jasmine's, and it's super jarring. Also, do you ever think about the fact that, like, a lot of Disney movies have songs in like the first thirty minutes, and then they stop having songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Jasmine song at least was well placed, in my opinion, to be like near the end. I feel like it filled out how songs were placed um, in a nice way, especially since they did like a Bollywood esque dance number at the end that you could then call a song. I thought it was well placed in the story and didn't disrupt the structure of the film. The scene was just weird. Yeah. So it was, like, in the right place in the movie. Do you agree? Like, it yes. should be I agree. There. And a song for Jasmine mm-hmm. there makes total, total sense. And it's really well done. And I like Jasmine having a song. You like really the prelude is there, obviously, because you were <clears throat> going to keep it, even if you rewrote all of Speechless. Yeah. And it might be a different song, too. We'll have to see. But <laughs> I definitely love that Jasmine has We'll have a to song. see, as though Mallory's going to actually Listen, maybe that's be my project. I'm going to rewrite the lyrics to Speechless. I don't think that that's a great idea, unless you're filking it for a different project. <laughs> but go off, girl. And I think that... I agree with Megan that it needs to be shot differently. But we have a difference of opinion about what we would do. Yeah. I've I landed would... now on, like... She should go to her room, sing the song, and then decide to, like, go confront Jafar. And, like, that could even be a good comedic beat of stumbling on in on him, like, feeding himself grapes and being, like, dumb. And you could get sort of that grandeur that you get from the original Aladdin movie that they cut out for good reason of, like, when Jafar is surrounded by sultany riches and also, like, slave Leia Jasmine. Mm-hmm. You don't get that image in this, I think, because they wanted to just, like, cut out the ownership of Jasmine angle, but it could have been a nice, like, visual similarity to that scene, but with, instead of Jasmine being a slave to Jafar in this scene, she's interrupting the scene to confront him about something, and that would make a good statement about the blunder of the previous film. Yeah. And that's my official stance. That wasn't how it was last night, so... Last night I had other opinions, but now I don't. I like that a lot. I... (laughs) think that her getting thrown out on the balcony is fine 
and I don't necessarily need her to go to her room. What I imagine is she is sent out onto the balcony, she's being held by the guards, and she starts singing the song, and it is a quiet sort of singing to herself kind of thing, uh, and then fights away from them, like pulls away from them to break open the door and finish like the final chorus of her song and then have the confrontation that she has. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I like about this particular confrontation is that it's in front of everyone. And I really like that there are three men in that room who have told her she should just be a princess and be quiet. There's Mm -hmm. Jafar, there's her father, and there's the head of the guard. And every single one of them at some point during this film has told Jasmine that like... Things have always been done this way, and you can't change the way the world is. And so I like that they're all there when she has this confrontation. And so that's what I would do. But I definitely would get rid of the whole dream sequence thing. We both think that's real weird. Yeah, all the men could still be there. I imagine that all of the men are still there, because Jafar is, like, playing with the Sultan, too, in that scene Mm -hmm. in the original Aladdin. And, like, I still imagine her having the same confrontation with the head of the guards. But being like, really, you're going to order the men who, like, we've grown up with to throw me in my room, like, this is this is where we've gotten to just because this guy's wearing a fancy hat now. <laughs> uh, I think it's a little bit funny how, like, in the original Aladdin, it doesn't, like, he is the sultan now, and there aren't a head of the guard or, like, guards to be like, oh, yes, uh, I have to make a decision that you're the sultan now. It's just, like, genie powers. Mm-hmm. He's the sultan, he's always been the sultan, and everyone just acts like he's the sultan, and it's like, oh, dang. In this, it feels like that wish... Literally just gave him a fancy hat. Like, he wished to be Sultan, and so he got a hat, and the Sultan's hat went away. Yeah. And that's all that happens, essentially. Because as soon as the guards... There's literally just a song, and then the guards flip their position, and being Sultan basically has zero ground to stand on anymore. And the guards even call the old Sultan Sultan again. So what did Jafar wish for? Can you tell me? <laughs> I mean, he wished to be Sultan, but... But is he? (laughs) There is a lot of, in this particular film, a lot of the discussion of you have to be specific with your wish Mm -hmm. because the genie has a little more room, which in the animated film, it's not like that at all. So you get the feeling that he wished to be Sultan and they gave him the title of Sultan, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that you gain the respect. You and I know this. Have you seen the president of our country? Yeah, I mean, I do, the the discussion that the genie first has with Aladdin about being specific about wishes still happens in the original animated film. It's just that then we don't see any, that gives Aladdin a reason to, like, struggle and vacillate over wishes and a little more incentive to, like, sit with a wish and construct it fully before saying it or doing whatever, you know, needs to be done uh, and makes Jafar look like a fool by comparison for not sitting in thinking with the wishes. But I didn't feel like it was, like, it's interesting that you think that that element was really heightened up and hyped up in this film, because I didn't get that as much. I thought it was about the same, maybe a little bit more, but, like, mostly the same. And also heavily alluded to when Jafar makes his final wish to be the most powerful being, which I feel like in the original... Aladdin is convincing him and has sort of figured out that wishing to be a genie will be an issue. Mm -hmm. 
but he doesn't have that same sort of play back and forth with the genie. Oh, yeah. Where the genie is like, you're right, a non-specific wish. I can make this work for me. Yeah. You know, he wishes to be more powerful than a genie. Well, I can make him just a more powerful genie. You know, Mm -hmm. that sort of play. Yeah. Um, That scene does play out a little bit different. Yes, Mallory, she's holding her nose like a pig. I need everyone to know. Yeah, that's that's how I mark that I have something to say. I was going to say that we could also write an entire dissertation on the hats in this particular Oh, yeah. Well, I don't even really want to get into that, but if you want to see a crazy hat, just watch the Prince Ali scene all the way through. Just, I mean, the beginning, but also, like, the whole thing. How many hats were on set? Was there a haberdasher in particular? Mm-hmm. Did that movie have a hat maker that just made hats? If you have seen Aladdin, the tell live action Tell us your favorite film, hat. Yeah, tell us your favorite hat, and also let us know what you feel about yeah. Speechless and how it fits into the film. Uh, I don't think we talked about our social media handles. We did, but yeah. just a reminder that I am at Ravenclaw2313 on Twitter or anywhere else, but mm-hmm. Twitter's probably the best way to send me comments or questions. Yeah, you can also tweet at me about the podcast at Megan Lily Flower, the name Megan, the flower Lily, and then the word flower. And Megan <laughs> is spelled M-E-G-A-N. Because I'm not a communist. <laughs> One of those people. I've received word from my brother that I think they're ready for a call. Call time. So we are going time to... Time to call the family. Not my family. Attempt another burr, burr, call. Burr, burr, burr. The Google calling tone is, like, more pleasant than some of the other ones. Yeah, that's true. I consider it not terrible. Do you feel like it's better than uh, FaceTime? Mm, I do think it's better than FaceTime. FaceTime stresses me out. The FaceTime noise is, like, too much. Too much marimba. Um, The Skype call is nostalgic, so I don't know if it's worse or better because it just feels like you know like I know what's up yeah but that google tone it'll be stuck in my head all day he didn't answer again I was told I could call back and still no answer this is a really exciting part of 40 minute Fridays at some point we will get to it maybe not there's only 10 minutes left uh, so I'm ready. The next thing that I wanted to talk about, you did a five list mm-hmm, last mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I've decided on a five list and I would like you to list five lame, but useful superpowers. Mm. So a superpower mm-hmm. that people would be like, that's your superpower. But yeah. you can be like, actually, that's really useful. I'm going to go first. Is this inspired by you getting into Villains, Inc.? Or, uh... <laughs> it's it's a little bit inspired by the story I'm, story I'm playing and also by the RPG that we play on Wednesdays, Masks, <laughs> where I'm creating a world where a lot of people have powers that aren't necessarily considered amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cheat for my first one and use one of the powers that I have introduced in the game, which is a woman who can cook anyone's favorite meal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just by meeting them, which people would be like, wow, what a lame power, but could be incredibly useful, would make you very popular at parties, and also I think would be, like, great for romance because everyone says, like, a way to a person's heart is through their stomach for, like, a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Yeah, I wouldn't even call that a lame superpower. I was going to say on a related tangent of superpower like the ability to reheat things to the perfect temperature 
for mm. consuming, like, as they get to your mouth, but you can't do it for other people. So, like, <laughs> I also think any superpower is going to be lame if you can, like, only let it affect yourself because people will, will just think that you're lying or potentially you'll gaslight yourself into thinking you don't have the superpower. You'll be like, no, oh, I'm just lucky. And on that note, a superpower that I want is to get my brother to actually contact me when I'm ready for him. I don't have that power, so we're going to talk now. Burp, 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 burp. Hello. Hey Tess. I know the feels Oh, she's got some music for us. Hey Tess. Oh, what are you guys playing with? Tess? Can what? you tell Mally what you're playing with? Um, my, today is my birthday, and I opened up a present, and it was actually because I had a Paw Patrol bike sky, and I had it. Wait! Oh, it's a frozen castle. Ah, okay. Not Frozen 1. Yes. Frozen 2. And Tess, Tess, how old are you today? I'm four. Yeah, you are. Wow. Well, we wanted to sing you happy birthday. Can we sing you happy birthday? Um, yes. Okay. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tess. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I hope you have a wonderful day, Tess. Can you say thank you? (laughs) Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Goodbye. (laughs) I got an Olaf. Did you hear that? That was Olaf. Oh, there's an Olaf. Yeah. She was like, Olaf, you got to do this thing. <laughs> that was almost as riveting as when I called my sister for her 10th birthday, and she said, Meg, can we be done now? <laughs> okay, are we done? And I was like, Lola, <laughs> it's your birthday. We can be done when you want. And she's like, okay, bye, and hung up the phone. Uh, I have decided on another lame superpower. The ability to get everyone to sing... A group of people to sing Happy Birthday Perfectly on key. Oof. Which I feel like is not a very exciting superpower, mm-hmm. but would be very useful. I don't even feel like that's that useful. Half of, uh, half of Happy Birthday is hearing people sing it badly. <laughs> I want the superpower of doing that in church, I think. Because oh. church has like such good acoustics that if one person is singing off key, like you can hear them. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I want that superpower, but only for like within the walls of a holy establishment. Okay. All right. And then we'd perform, (laughs) then we'd perform all shows in churches. (laughs) Theater would only happen in churches for that reason. Nice. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Another lame, but potentially useful superpower. Uh, I would like the ability to turn my sweat into a cleaning liquid. Ew. That sounds awful. <laughs> like an antibacterial mm-hmm. liquid. That's disgusting. 
Uh, useful in these times, you could sell your bottled sweat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want the ability to keep these foam panels on the walls. <laughs> in our uh, recording studio, it just keeps falling, and there's bits of cardboard, and I want just, like, the ability to put little glue dots mm-hmm. with my finger that will actually stay. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I would... Like the ability to control my internal body temperature so that I am always comfortable. Mm. I would like the ability to lotion my body or put chapstick on my mouth without having to do it. Oh, that's an interesting one. Like when you have the thought my lips are chapped, they now have chapstick on them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Uh good proponent for these lame superpowers is the ability to like do them to yourself but not other people Mm -hmm. I don't mind like the like it would also kind of be fun to have the ability to do that to other people going in for the kiss and you'd be like just in case boink (laughs) I do like that idea Uh, I think it's also interesting to have a superpower that is very time based so for example you have super strength but only during a total eclipse Mm. Yeah, that would make you really bad in a superhero team, but would be probably make you a pretty good villain. <laughs> you could do some crimes during an eclipse and then be like disappear. See, I can't I can't even lift my phone. <laughs> I'm so weak. All right, one more. Um the ability to always make your computer boot up. Mm. That is a not necessarily exciting, but definitely useful yeah. superpower. I think, or, uh, or make my computer that, run fast. No, expanding that to just like not having technical difficulties ever. Ooh. So you just never run into technical snafus. You're not super good at tech. You can't make tech do things that it couldn't otherwise do, or be like a really whiz kid on it. You just don't run into things not opening, things not starting, things crashing. It never happens. Yeah, everything just works the way it should. Mm-hmm. That would be a fascinating, like, low-level superpower. Like, your superpower is everything just works the way it should. Mm-hmm. Nothing amazing. You just live a normal life, but you're, like, mm-hmm. very essentially lucky. Lucky, yeah. Mm-hmm. But only with, like, things like tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it would probably be in a radius when you leveled up to be a better superhero. It now wouldn't just happen to you. It would happen, like, to the devices in a certain radius of you. Mm, that's cool. I like this idea. I could build a whole character around that. Mm, well, we are go. running low on time. This has been I one hack of a 40-minute Friday. I was going to ask. I had one question, oh. which was that we're quarantined together, but what's one thing that you did this week that I don't know about? Ooh, this is a good question. <laughs> um, I read an incredibly adult fanfic <laughs> about Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Where she, uh, it's essentially a claiming of Sleeping Beauty, if anyone gets that reference, uh, where Dorothy shows up in Oz and all of the munchkins are like, wow, you're pretty. Oof. <laughs> Who, how did you find that? Uh, Recommended by sources <laughs> who do not want to be named. Yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, I started planning to build a fairy village in our backyard. Oh, there are logs leaning against the side of our house. I'm into this. <laughs> uh, the final thing 
is I do like ending this with recommending another podcast. Mm. I wondered if you had a podcast to recommend. Uh, yeah, I mean, last week we... Oh, God, I don't even remember what I recommended last week. I recommended something. I talked about Bryce Sessions. I don't remember what you I don't remember what I talked about. Um, I'll say The Babesman. It's a podcast by my friend Steph and also someone named Jules, uh, who host, like, a body positivity podcast where they interview different body positive folks. And Mallory doesn't have time to make a recommendation because it's 40 minutes or over. We'll see you guys next week. Bye! Bye!